0: For complete details. Quick announcement, everybody! Before we start the show, I made a little bit of a mistake with the recording. Hey, it's week 15. I guess I should probably know by now, right? But anyway, uh, I'm going to sound a little bit different for the first two to three minutes. After that, it'll sound normal. But if my audio doesn't sound quite the same for the first couple of minutes, uh, just a little bit of an error on my part, I apologize. No big deal. Let's get started.
1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam,
0: Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And we are on to the fantasy finals. Recapping yeah. week 50. Yeah! And we did yeah. it on the backs and the arms and the legs of Mike Boone and Wes Hills uh. and Google. To figure out who <laughs> Wes Hills
1: is. <laughs> and welcome to the show, everybody. Slippery Rock, right? Yes, he went to Slippery He's Rock. A slippery Rock product. He was. He was Slippery Tote the Rock today,
0: scoring two touchdowns for the Lions. Uh, That's one of the... Well, we're not really going to talk much about that. Um, we welcome you. We welcome Dave Richard. I'm Adam Azer. Hey, Heath Cummings is here. What's up, Heath?
1: How are we doing? I, I think we're doing... Yeah, we're doing well. We're doing fine. Uh... Heath will be doing better if uh, if his guy, Michael Thomas, has a huge game on Monday. Ooh, we how are, big? I, I managed to remember how I went up against Lamar Jackson in three semifinals this week. One yeah. of them was against Heath. Heath has Lamar Jackson in the podcast league. I'm beating him by 28 points thanks to Saquon, Chris Carson, Anthony Miller, DJ Moore, George Kittle, and a special shout out to that Patriots DST coming back yes. from the dead. Makes Welcome sick. back, gentlemen. So if if uh, if Michael Thomas gets twenty nine or more, Heath wins PPR and it's PPR. full PPR. And he, what did you say, Heath? He's done it like four times already this year. Four or five. I, th- I thought I needed twenty eight. I think he has twenty eight five right. times this season. Twenty eight. He to may
2: tie. only have twenty nine three. Right. Okay. And I, Who, I have more bench the, points. I don't know. The commissioner is no, not established for the tiebreaker. Higher is that Seed. League.
0: Higher Seed is the tiebreaker. Always. Higher it's Seed good is to the know the now.
2: Tiebreaker.
0: Oh, like it matters. Higher Seed is the tiebreaker. You know I am the commish of that league because I understand the leagues that I am actually the commissioner of. Higher Seed is the tiebreaker. All right. So let's talk about some fantasy football. Let's start out with a lesson you learned in week 15 Dave, what lesson did you learn? A fantasy lesson at week 15?
1: You know, I've been doing this for so long that I feel like I never learn any new lessons. So I was reminded of this lesson. Josh Jacobs, do you think Josh Jacobs had a big game? Yes or no? No. But he played the whole game, right? And he had 20 carries, right? Adam Thielen played pretty much the whole game. It was just a game that got away from... From it, the Minnesota didn't have to throw a lot in the game, but he played as much as he possibly could. He clearly didn't look like he was held back, right? Mm. I don't. I, I think when a team puts a player back on the field after an injury, especially in the case of Thielen after an excessive layoff, I think that it, he'll be okay and he should be trusted. Now it just didn't work out for these two guys. At, uh, Jacob should have. He had the workload. Thielen did not. I think that when guys are missing time and the team is ready to trust them and put them back on the field, you start them in fantasy.
0: Yeah, and it was really disappointing, I think, for Josh Jacobs, but it was the right move to start him. He got the work, and unfortunately, I think he had like 20 carries for 86 yards, but surprising because really against that Jaguars defense, you get that
1: work. Hey, you know, he totaled 100 yards. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't, it's not what we expected, right? We expected like 100 rushing yards, at least one touchdown, like a massive game. And I know it feels weird for me to say this about Adam Thielen when Thielen, what do you have? Like two, three catches, 27 yards, like total dud game. Yeah, But I don't think it's because he was hurt. I don't think it was because he was, you know, slow moving around or anything like that. Cousins didn't throw much. Just three targets. No, he did yeah. not. They didn't have to big no. lead there. We We have a bet to talk about, by the way. Oh, right. 24 carries for 89
0: yards for Josh Jacobs, two catches for 20 yards. Just what what the Jaguars had been giving up to running backs was so horrible. So, um, all right, Heath, uh, yeah, we do have a bet to talk about it. Back to that in a second. Heath, lesson you learned.
2: I kind of agree with Dave that, like, l- learning lessons from an individual week can be very, very dangerous. But this week was a good reminder that talent only matters so much. Three of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL so far this season, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Ryan Fitzpatrick, all scored more than 20 fantasy points thanks to garbage time. The worst <laughs> receiver in the NFL over the past four seasons, Brashad Perryman, scored three touchdowns. So, I. <laughs> Talent only matters so much. Opportunity and uh, garbage time certainly counts.
0: And I don't really have a lesson that I learned, but I just want to make an observation. When you look at the top players at each position, it's really unusual that the top three tight ends in ADP are giving you exactly what you wanted from the top three tight ends, and they've been doing it for weeks. Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle, I think all three of them kind of had somewhat of a slow start. I mean, sometimes it was just because they weren't scoring, um, Kittle you know was a little had some touchdowns called back ertz was just flat out disappointing now these three guys are just studs every week and you just don't see that for this this one tier of a position to be that good you know for the, all three of them to be that good and there to be no upsets there uh in terms of tight end. Unusual, and uh, I guess it's good to see. It's good to see those guys are really carrying your teams. So Dave and Jamie made a bet: Kirk Cousins, what well, Kirk Cousins versus well, uh, Philip Rivers?
1: Yes, Kirk Cousins versus Philip Rivers. The original Jamie's offer was to do hair versus hair, where the loser had to have their head shaved. Uh, and we ended up doing a push-up bet, much like you did with Heath. Although I'm sure Heath's got something to say about how that bet wound up but the, the loser would have to do the number of pushups that the winner's quarterback scored in fantasy points. And then both quarterbacks went on to have absolutely horrible fantasy days. Phillip Rivers was turning the ball over all over the place. So Kirk Cousins won. But it's with thirteen, so Jamie owes yeah. us thirteen pushups. Thirteen pushups. But do you think Jamie's going lead? to
2: do thirteen, or do you think Jamie will do like twelve? No. Well,
1: yeah, I don't understand what you were doing, Adam, because you had to pay off a bet of fifteen. Mm-hmm. No, one five See, pushups. Is,
0: I didn't lose the bet. That was the thing. We tied, and for, for some, yeah, some reason, yeah. So you he, both had to do no, the pushups.
1: We both no. You both had to do the pushups.
0: It, neither of us lost the bet. We tied, so I didn't. I didn't feel like I had to do it. I, I felt like I, you he know, was so making his those own rules.
2: The most common response was, "Why does anyone make wagers for that amazer? He doesn't ever actually pay them <laughs> off." So I think that was a wow. good, that was the lesson I learned from this week.
0: That's not true. I I ate the Butterfinger. I ate the Bean Boozleds. I pay Are off. Are you going to grow bets. the mustache? I don't have to. Oh uh, well, it's going to be close. It's going to come down to the wire. Yeah. On Gardner versus Daniel Jones. All right. Uh, let's uh, promote a few things here real quick. You can watch. HQ on demand. You can watch fantasy football today on HQ on demand. You download the CBS Sports HQ app, and uh, it's live noon Eastern Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. But if you can't watch the Monday through Friday shows live, you can catch them on demand on the HQ app. Congratulations to Jason from Maryland. He is our Facebook group uh, giveaway winner. Uh, he, you know, we asked you lessons, and he said you can never be reminded of this enough. Don't start a Thursday night player in your flex. That is good advice. You want to keep that flex spot flexible uh, after the Thursday game. So Jason and Marilyn, you are the winner. Big news: Chris Godwin leg injury um, doesn't look good according to Bruce Arians. So don't plan on having him in Week 16 against Houston. And Dalvin Cook shoulder injury. Alexander Madison was already out with an uh, was an ankle injury for Madison. And they've got Green Bay coming up, and we saw Boone score two touchdowns for the pa- for the Vikings. Abdullah's in the mix. Maybe Madison's back. Maybe Cook's back. I don't know. Let's start with Chris Godwin, though. And is, does Rashad Perryman Heath you mentioned on the radio show last night? He's been a really bad player since being drafted, but he's turning it on right now. I mean, are you going to buy into Rashad Perryman now? What do you make of this receiving core without Chris Godwin?
2: Yeah, if there's no Godwin and there's no Evans, I really do not want to start a Tampa Bay wide receiver in the finals. Perryman would be the best option, but he could just as easily see a game where he gets ten targets and catches four of them for forty-five yards. So I'm not. I, I hope I have better options.
1: Dave, how you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good.
0: Okay, good. What do you think about <laughs> what do you think about the Bucks wide receivers? And I think
1: Perryman. I, I think I think Perryman's the number one guy. I think. It's not just about the three touchdowns. It's really just how he's played the last three, four weeks or so. I don't have his game log in front of me, but he had been involved in the offense to a degree and he's playing like uh, he's playing like he's never played before. And I know it's weird because we've been kind of laughing at Rashad Perryman for the last several years, but it's happening to Devontae Parker and maybe it's happening now to Perriman and there's no one else. uh, There's no one else for the Bucs to throw to here. If Evans and Godwin are out, I mean, Miller will play and Justin Watson will be there. But in uh, and, and the tight ends, JJ of course, out, but right. I think Perriman's got the guy. I think Perriman is going to be the guy and will be that top target downfield for Jameis Winston.
2: The only thing I would say, like to go back to the thing, like maybe Brashad Perriman's figuring it out before this game. His catch rate for this season was lower than his catch rate for his career.
1: I know. So but what like, was it over the been past three weeks? So far this year. Right. What yeah, are, I'll give you I'll give weeks. you his game log. I'll give you his game
0: log. 5 catches for 87 yards pass? on 6 targets uh 3 weeks ago. Uh 3 catches for 70 yards and a touchdown on 6 targets against the Colts in week 14. And then Brashad Perryman had five catches for 113 yards on three targets on and three touchdowns on six targets. So he's had six targets in three straight games. He's turned that into 87 yards, 70 yards, and 113 yards with three touchdowns today, one touchdown last week, and he has caught 13 of 18 targets in his last three
1: games. I know it's weird, and Heath, you're completely right about where you've gone with Perriman because he's been so bad, but he's going through a really good spell. How about this? According to Pro Football Focus, he's only had one drop all year, and that was a problem with him before is that he just had unreliable hands. He's putting it together. There's something going on, and they're going to throw against Houston because they can't run the ball at all. Mm -hmm. They can't do it. They stink at it.
0: All right. So, you know, uh, oh, you want to talk about the Minnesota running backs?
1: Uh, It's probably a good idea. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) What do you have to say about them? Well, I think you go and you get yourself a bottle of Strawberry Hill wine and get ready for Mike Boone to be the lead back here. And it's a great matchup against the Packers. I'm sure the Vikings will try and take advantage that, unlike the Bears, really did. And he could end up being, he probably will be the number one waiver wire priority, assuming Cook's injury is serious, assuming the ankle injury that's knocked out Alexander Madison for this week. Keeps him out for next week. We're just not going to have a good idea on that stuff until at the absolute earliest Monday when Zimmer meets with the media again.
0: Let's do it. The best of week 15. All right. If you played against Lamar Jackson, you were probably pretty despondent. But yes, if you had Jameis Winston, me. it's okay. But you know what? It's okay. There were a lot of high scores this week. There were a lot of players who were terrific. And Jameis Winston, of course, was one of them. So let's look at some quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. They are of Week 15. Jameis is amazing. (laughs) 40 points this week after 42 points last week. He doesn't need Mike Evans. He didn't need Chris Godwin for all of this game. Ryan Tannehill had a really nice game. You know, uh, D- Derek Henry had a couple chances near the goal line, couldn't get in. Ryan Tannehill took advantage of that, and that gave Henry a pretty bad game, and Tannehill a- went from a good game to a great game. 28 fantasy points. He also had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Carson Wentz, I think pretty surprising. 43 pass attempts, 26 fantasy points. So these are not all of the you know best of the best, but the ones that I want to talk about here. Um, Heath, Jameis, Tannehill, Carson Wentz, some of the top quarterbacks this week.
2: I mean, Jameis Winston, high-volume passer against a bad defense. you got to feel good about that. And um, he had Chris Godwin for most of this game, but he did good things with Perryman. He did good things without Godwin. It's going to be really interesting next week against a very bad secondary in the Houston Texans without either of his top two wide receivers. Just how good we feel about him. I'm probably going to have him as a low-end starter next week, but he's someone you could probably feel fine about. Wentz was a weird situation where they were actually playing from behind for a good portion of that game. Um, But it worked out well for him.
1: Washington's actually becoming a pretty decent team here before our very eyes. And Philadelphia's Philadelphia's kind of falling apart right before our very eyes. But I... I, I, Yeah, you you think so. But we've seen Dallas um, mess themselves up in spots like this before. You're going to keep starting Winston. I agree with Heath. He's going to at least be a low-end starter, if not like 6th or 7th in the rankings. He could get that high. Tannehill is still going to be a top ten fantasy quarterback. Wentz should probably be a candidate to be just outside of the top twelve, probably right around fifteenth. Don't see him being a monster next week against the Cowboys. I was
0: pretty impressed with Ryan Tannehill, and uh, I've been impressed a- with a- a. him for Brown. eight weeks now, man. I mean, AJ Brown was was just outstanding. Like, what do you what first are you time
1: all year? First time all year that he's had back to back games with double digit fantasy points. What a time to come through. Yep,
0: pretty damn good. A.J. Brown is uh, 86% on. He was started in 60% of leagues. By the way, Josh Jacobs was started in about, I think, 62% of leagues. I forgot to mention that. I thought that was interesting. But he wasn't one of the best running backs. Kenyon Drake was. Carlos Hyde was really good. Um, Those are a couple. We'll talk about Miles Sanders a little bit later when we look at winners. Sanders had a huge week. But Kenyon Drake, 22 carries, 137 yards, four touchdowns, and only one catch. But... He was doing it all on the ground. He was getting the goal line work. What a game. Kenyon Drake. Heath, you liked Kenyon Drake this week, right?
2: I did. I, I liked the volume he was getting. I liked the matchup, and he delivered. I didn't expect four touchdowns. But like, don't let the fact that he scored four touchdowns, and that's completely unsustainable, distract you from the fact that this was a very good game. It's a pretty decent offense, and he is the clear lead back. Someone you should probably start close to regardless of matchup, but definitely at Seattle.
1: I wonder if he's trying to do all that he can to earn the full time job next year and oh, force yeah. the Cardinals to make a decision on David Johnson and not draft another running back and finally be the lead guy in an offense. Because in I Miami, think made he never got the chance to Yeah, it, se- it
0: seems like they're going, they're trending that direction. But we'll
1: see. Well, you know? after a game like this, you would think so. But in the four games before this one, he had six, five, seven, and three non PPR fantasy points.
0: It's true. But he was it's still getting like the most touches by far.
1: Yeah, he just wasn't delivering. And so yeah. if you, it's pretty clear if you don't deliver in fantasy, it's hard to be really good statistically and give your coaching staff and your team a good chance to win. This was obviously a little bit different than that. I wish he could just not have these games with three touchdowns, four touchdowns, and just be a little bit more consistent. Give me one touchdown yeah. every week, Kenyon Drake. Well, look, I, I
0: mentioned it on the show on Thursday or Friday whenever we previewed this game. as an NFC home game, so... Uh, I think we did that one on Thursday anyway, but um, he had had San Francisco twice, Tampa Bay, no, the Ram, San Francisco twice the Rams. Uh, I don't remember all the matchups, but this was by far the best matchup that he had had since joining the Cardinals. He had had some pretty tough mm-hmm. run defenses, and absolutely, I have it
1: in front of me if you want it. Yeah, you you were right, Saints, was... Niners, Bucks, Niners by Rams, right, uh, Steelers. How could I forget the Steelers? Carlos Hyde. Yeah, it's another one.
0: Carlos Hyde only started in 23% of leagues. He gets yeah. more work and wins. This was a win, but 26 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Dave, what'd you make of this game for Hyde?
1: You know, it's just game script worked for him, and he found the end zone. And th- that that's basically how it works. And when you've got the confidence in him to come through on something like that before the matchup, you start him. It's Tampa Bay next week. It's that run defense. I have a hard time believing... That uh, that he's going to be able to have another game quite like this one uh, against the Tampa Bay Bucks.
0: All right, Heath. Let's look at some of the best wide receivers. We already talked about Perryman. We already talked about AJ Brown. So let's go with Terry McLaurin, who had five catches, 100, 130 yards, and a touchdown. He also had a 75-yard catch and run for a touchdown. That was the bulk of his production. Tyler Lockett, eight for 120, hey. yeah, baby, and a touchdown. Um, how about Julio Jones? He had 20 targets and he caught a touchdown the best game of the, of the day. Caught a touchdown with two seconds left to win the game at San Francisco. And Anthony Miller, I know, I know you've been all about Anthony Miller for several weeks now. Massive game for him. Nine catches, 118 yards and a touchdown on 15 targets at Green Bay. When you look at, I don't know if you want to say anything about Julio Jones, but McLaurin, Miller, Lockett um next week mclaurin's got the giants ding 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 lockett's got the cardinals ding 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 miller's got the chiefs at home that could be great too chiefs are good against wide receivers but better at home uh than on the road and that's gonna be a road game for them what do you think what do you think about these guys
2: yeah i mean miller's the one i'm going to trust the most of this group because he's basically been a number one wide receiver for the past month and uh this is just a continuation of that it 15 targets even surprised me, but he delivered once again. Lockett, Pete Carroll had told us that he was finally back to full health. I'd kind of scoffed at that a little bit because you never know what Pete Carroll says is just being overly optimistic or actually true, but he certainly looked full strength. Russell Wilson was taking more deep shots to lock in the way seen most of the past few weeks. And then Terry McClure, I mean, really it was kind of one big play, but you can make one big play and be good against the Giants, so I won't mind him as a boom-bust flex again in Week 16.
0: By the way, I feel like we should talk about the weather a little bit, so we'll do that in just a second. Let's t- finally, Dave, take a look at some of the top tight ends. Uh, Jonu Smith. So is Kelsey Kittle, Darren Waller. Darren Waller's been great. He's jumped into that group with those guys, but Kelsey Kittle and Ertz, the point I was making was they've just been so reliable. We had an email from a listener that I scoffed at. It was like, hey, I think Ricky Seals-Jones is a sleeper this week, and Ben Gretch and I on the mailbag show were like, psh, No. And he had two touchdowns. So three catches, 29 yards, two touchdowns <laughs> against the Cardinals. But uh, John U. Smith, you know, a 57 yard run helped. And Tyler Higby, a no- three straight 100 yard games with at least seven catches for Higby. So who stood out to you at tight end?
1: Well, I mean, all the studs stood out, including Higby, who did get a lot of catches late in the game when the Rams just, you know, they're chasing the clock and. Didn't, it wasn't competitive, really, for pretty much the whole game. Golf was terrible to begin with, but garbage time counts, so that worked out for Higby. Jonu Smith was kind of fun to watch. He had 11 PPR points the week before, and I guess we kind of overlooked that this week, but when, when you see a tight end run for 57 yards, usually that's a sign that he's probably an athletic freak and that he should be more involved in the offense. I'm hoping the Titans recognize that, and uh, he can come through with a third straight game next week. That would really be swell. Tough matchup against New Orleans, but we'll see how they come out of their game on Monday night. Seals-Jones, I'm not buying into at all. And uh, that's that's really about it. The cream of the crop of the tight end group. I sent this to you, Adam. Right now, the number one tight end in fantasy, Travis Kelsey. This is PPR. Number two, Zach Ertz. Number three, Darren Waller. Number four, George Kittle. So it's just like you said. like For the most part, those stud tight ends... There were rough patches, but they did come through.
0: And I'm guessing Kittle's ahead of Waller in non-PPR because Waller has just three touchdowns this year. That's my guess.
1: Uh, Sure. For Kittle, whatever reason, I wasn't able to bring that up but on my machine because things well, how, are weird. But
0: How many more catches does Darren Waller have than George Kittle? I
1: don't do you? know. I have to look that oh, up to get right. the exact oh, Whatever.
0: Count. No big deal. So what did, uh, what did we do with the weather today? Because the weather... Is to me, it's the most frustrating thing. You know, it's just hard to know what kind of impact it's going to have. The bad games were Kansas City, Denver, uh, Chicago, Green Bay was frigid, and the Giants and the Dolphins was very windy, which caused me to get away from from Ryan Fitzpatrick's. I guess, sort of foolishly.
2: <clears throat> yeah, so, I think like oh, go ahead. I- the only game that I adjusted for weather was the Giants and the Dolphins. I don't think that snow without wind really affects offense negatively. And I wasn't that worried about the cold in a game between the Packers and the Bears, two teams that play in the cold a lot. So the one game I did downgrade was Manning and Fitzpatrick. I downgraded Manning more than I did Fitzpatrick, mostly because of Vegas stuff. But like that didn't necessarily work out for Fitzpatrick and Parker and Slayton. So we may have overreacted a little bit to the weather in that instance, but the other games we really shouldn't have downgraded anyone because they weren't situations that generally negative negatively affect offense.
1: Andy Reed was asked about this after the game today. So if you don't want to take it from Heath or from me, take it from Andy Reed, who's been around the block a few times when it comes to football games, quote, the rain and the wind are the tough ones. The snow is not quite that the ball feels pretty good actually in the snow. So, and then, then he went on to talk about how Mahomes like did a good job playing in the snow. It's almost easier on the offense to play in the snow than it is on defense. But rain and wind and when your visibility is messed up, that's when that could really affect you. That's when you make changes to your to your best laid fantasy lineup plans.
0: Yeah. Sterling Shepard, by the way, over a hundred yards in this game. He had an almost touchdown. He almost had a huge game. Darius Slade mm-hmm. did catch that touchdown, but I just thought Looking at that field, that Kansas City game, I mean, it was it was covered in snow. It was coming down all throughout the game. It got worse, you know, around halftime. Um, so, look, it wasn't like a great game. You know, Mahomes was fine. He was good. He was good. It wasn't amazing. Tyreek Hill was great. Travis Kelsey was great. He'll caught the touchdowns, but the running games were terrible. Um, Sutton was Sutton was good. Sutton had the best game of any receiver at Kansas City all year. So that just tells you a little bit about Cortland Sutton. Uh, Let's take a quick break here on fantasy football today. When we come back, an early look at the waiver wire, winners, losers, and we'll do Believe It or Not for every game right after this.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: I know you want to take a look at the waiver wire for week 16. It's fun because you know you're only competing against one other person most likely unless you're playing into week 17. So uh, it's, that's not as much stress, I guess, but I did want to mention one player. If you didn't see the games, if you didn't see how it unfolded, I thought was the most unlucky player of the week. And that was Kyler Murray guys, because <laughs> he was, he was oh. driving them down the field and he just kept getting Kenyon Drake basically. And he finishes with 17 points. He threw 19 to 25 passes for 219 yards, a touchdown and an interception, Eight carries for 56 yards. His team scored 38 points. And if you just look at Kyler Murray, it looks like he didn't have a good game. I thought he was extremely unlucky, Dave.
1: I agree with you. He was this week's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because last week, Ryan Fitzpatrick going up against the Jets led the Dolphins into the red zone six times another two times they got close and he got Jason Sanders because they ended up just (laughs) kicking a lot of field goals and he didn't have Devontae Parker. So yeah, maybe we should do this every week now an unlucky player, a guy who should have been a lot better. And I I thought Kyler played well last week against Pittsburgh. I thought he'd have a better game this week. I had moved him up in my rankings, Uh, but yeah, he should have had a, a significantly better game than what he had.
2: A lot of weeks that player would have been Kyler Murray. He came into this game with a 3.5% touchdown rate. That's well below league average, and that number only went down in this game. They've not been great in the red zone, and they've especially not been great passing in the red zone so far this season. Hopefully that's something that gets better in year year two for
1: Kingsbury and for Murray. Yeah, I'm looking forward to drafting Kyler in the second half of fantasy drafts next year.
0: All right, let's take a look at the uh, the early waiver wire. So, Heath, who are some of the headliners you think that we'll be talking about on Tuesday's waiver wire show?
2: I mean, I think Mike Boone is the guy that's most likely to come up. Um, it will be interesting to see. Like, Do we really need streaming quarterbacks with two teams playing in Week 16? Probably not. Um,
1: so I think Boone's the main guy.
0: Okay, you know, yes. on Johnson could be back next week.
2: How do we feel about him? He's, He's not available, game. is he? Or is he?
1: I believe he is available to come back in week sixteen, and we all kind of wrote him no, off. No, I meant is he available on the waiver wire. Oh, why wouldn't he be? Oh. Let's take a look.
0: Let's guess his I'm ownership sure. percentage. Let's play a fun game. Guess Carry on Johnson's ownership percentage. I will say twenty four percent.
1: I'll say thirty one percent.
2: Sixty percent.
0: Dave, you cheater. Yeah. Thirty one percent owned on Johnson. Uh at I look, I don't know how much I trust him, but at Denver next week, and then uh, Green Bay in week seventeen, he'll be interesting. Obviously, Prashad Perryman, he'll probably, Perryman might be the number one most added player. Um, it, I don't know. I don't think AJ Brown's still available, but he might be. Same with Tannehill. I like. I kind of like Trubisky against the Chiefs at home, guys. What, what
2: about you? Anthony Miller is definitely oh. still available. He was like thirty percent on Friday. Yeah, that's a good. Mm-hmm. One.
0: Any anyone feeling Trubisky is a streamer?
2: Like there's <sighs> I'd rather if it's in a, in a normal week yes in a normal week sure but there' like there's only two teams playing right yeah
0: but like I, how many leagues did you play in this week where you went to the waiver wire for a quarterback because I I did that in two of three leagues
1: I did that in zero of five leagues now you know I, I did that in zero of yeah, zero of eight leagues now you know why my t- my season was
0: <laughs> was not, not good it,
1: enough i think i think we should cover it just to cover it just in case people what if you play in a two quarterback league and maybe the waiver wires a little bit deeper i don't know but yeah we could talk about it and no. i think Fitzmagic is the one to go with as long as parker's healthy and he is yeah and uh who does jacksonville have jacksonville in week 16 at atlanta so if Matt Ryan's on your waiver wire, or are you thinking Gardner about Gardner Minshew? Minshew. Oh, Gardner goodness. Minshew. You and Gardner oh, Minshew. Oh, boy, did he
2: get lucky today? He just get scored 22 boy, points. Boy, he got so lucky today. He got lucky. No, we're not going to do the he got lucky when Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield and Ryan Fitzpatrick all it's needed all garbage time to do it. He did it, leading his team to victory.
0: Uh, okay, but he did it at the very end of the game. So is there any difference?
2: Yes, there's a huge amount of difference. They... The defense was still trying to stop him. Those other quarterbacks were playing against second stringers. I doubt they were playing against second stringers,
0: okay? I, they, they don't have you that know? many guys uh, to be, like, putting in a whole second string. Let's do winners and losers. Heath, Miles Sanders is a winner for you. 75% started, and he had 25 touches, 172 total yards. He had two touchdowns, a great touchdown catch in the back of the end zone, and mm-hmm. a completely studly performance for Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. Your other winner is Prashad Perryman. We talked about him, so let's get into Miles Sanders who gets the Cowboys next week.
2: Thankfully, I think that we can uh, do away with the Doug Peterson doesn't like to have a feature back. He just needed one that was good enough to be a feature back. Miles Sanders has been that guy. He was the first running back to play in 80% of the snaps in a Doug Peterson offense earlier this season, and he's basically done it every game since except for last week when he had cramps. And in this game, like right after the week when Boston Scott maybe became a problem he gets 25 touches and
1: just absolutely dominates. He's a top 12 running back. Yeah, for the record, I was nervous about using Miles Sanders this week. Still had him as a top 24 running back, but was a little bit worried about just how much work he was going to get. And when the game started and he was rolling, you just knew that he was going to have a monster game. So, um, I'm 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 excited about his future in a major way. Like we're going to see more yeah. huge games from Miles Sanders for years to come. And Boston Scott still gave you double-digit PPR points, so yeah. it's not like he was completely out of the game plan. But Sanders was definitely the main guy, and it's it's great. We'll see how he does against the Cowboys. That would be a nice time to make a statement for him. Yeah, statement game. By the way, uh,
0: Greg Ward is someone we d- we didn't really talk about enough. We should. The week, we and, should. Uh, he's he'll oh be a my god, he guy. was
1: amazing in DFS. He was at the lowest possible price, and I just I I kept finding receivers that were a little bit more that. I liked better, but he's going to be someone. He's their number one receiver right now.
0: Uh, Dave, we talked about Anthony Miller and AJ Brown. Should we go right to the losers?
1: Let's go to the let's give the losers that winning feeling and give them attention.
0: (laughs) Odell Beckham, hey, led his team in receiving, eight catches, sixty six yards at Arizona. Yeah, but uh, still not not good enough. Not good enough, really. Odell Beckham.
1: Yeah, and now he's got the Ravens next week, so I think we're finally at the point where we can confidently lay him on our bench, pet his hair and say, Odell, just you're, you're off the hook this week. You're not going to frustrate us. You're not going to make us hate you. We're not going to worry about how hurt you are. We're not going to be worried about your drops or your quarterback making bad throws. We're just going to let you sit there on the bench or you cut him because it's the last game of the year and you can pick up the, the good luck charm. That was the waiver wire. It's it's very
2: optimistic of you, Dave, to talk to Odell Beckham owners as if they didn't have their souls crushed over the past three weeks by Odell Beckham already. Well, but
1: the problem um, was that Odell was was still being started. People I, yeah, started I'm him just, today. Just play just their saying, for crying. i have started
2: him. you're talking about what those guys are going to do with him next week. They're done. I would like to know what percentage of Odell Beckham
1: starters actually are playing next week. I'm one.
0: Yeah, except he's not know. going to be
1: on my team next week.
0: Your other loser was Jared Goff, <laughs> who, who did. Jared Goff played third-string Cowboys defenders for the final quarter of the
1: game, and he cobbled Right, so he had a respectable stat line: twenty-one yeah.
0: fantasy points. No, but look, he obviously struggled and uh, <sighs> got lucky. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was a one for the ages. That Heath side right there: fifty-one pass attempts to get twenty-one fantasy points, and and much of it coming in garbage time. So. Uh, he was a loser for you, and he's at San Francisco next week.
1: Hard to trust him; just really oh, hard to can't trust. Don't consider him after it. This. Don't consider it. Nope, no way. Well, so Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jared Goff? Uh, all Ryan Fitzpatrick and every other bad quarterback besides Jared Goff. So you'll go Minshew over Goff as well. One 100- hundred. I went Minshew over Goff this week. And Minshew was better than Goff this week. Ask, yeah.
0: by one point. Let's let's add, let's really put Heath to the test here. Daniel Jones at the Redskins. <laughs> Or Jared Goff at San Francisco?
2: Well, I think that Jared Goff's going to score in the positives, and I don't necessarily think that Daniel Jones is going to play, so I would go with Jared Goff.
0: Okay, all right. So Eli Manning or Jared Goff? Uh, Probably Eli. All right, yeah, it's tough to trust Jared Goff. Now, Heath's losers are Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel. Tag team on the... Uh, San Francisco 49ers, they combined for what? Three catches for 38 yards. Terrible game. And uh, what do you think about Sanders and and Samuel?
2: Well, the bad thing is it's not like this is a game where San San Francisco's offense was terrible. Um, It worked pretty well. It was just the running back and George Kittle and more George Kittle and more George Kittle. And it was a reminder that There was a reason before Emmanuel Sanders was acquired that no 49ers wide receiver had more than seven targets in a game, and it's only happened like three times since then. This offense runs through the running backs and the tight ends, and then maybe we'll throw it to the wide receivers as a third option. And it makes it difficult to trust those two.
0: I think if we go back, just rewind to the winners, and speaking on this game, I mean, Raheem Mostert's got to be a winner, right? He had 14 carries. Tevin Coleman had four. Matt Breida had four. And you wonder, like Tevin Coleman got some goal line work. You wonder if they just wanted to get him in the end zone against the Falcons. But Mostert, um, did he did he feel like a clear winner to you guys? He was started in 55% of leagues.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's got the Rams next week. Uh, yeah, that fumble at the end, though. Really? Oh, I didn't see that. Moster, right? Yeah, Mostert. He fumbled. Final play of the game. It's the kickoff to. Oh, that the was game him because there was two seconds left. They, he throws the ball oh. across the field, and it's a fumble that gets returned for a touchdown. And somebody reached out on Twitter saying, "I lost because of that." Fumble. Oh,
0: I saw Can that. Can you imagine losing here. your
1: fantasy semifinal? Oh no, because of that 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 fumble. I'm using air quotes here. Um, in, uh, ridiculous.
0: Uh, I'll take you into a moment in my home today. Other than the push ups I posted on Twitter. And I got uh, some (laughs) guff for wearing champion shorts. I bought them at uh, Target for like ten bucks. Okay, back off. Um, You're a dad. Yeah, totally. I knew Heath had the Bucks DST. I was playing him in one of our leagues, and they had a pick six. I was so mad. Like, what business do the Bucks DST have deciding fantasy championship? I knew
1: they had it in them.
0: I knew they had it in them. So Mm -hmm. I was mad. And then, but I had the Eagles DST, who obviously didn't have a very good game. But when they scored on the last play of the game. I celebrated. I made some lewd gestures. I, like it was really, I don't know what came over me. I was so happy and like in your face. And I was just, and my like my wife was like, "Your son is watching." I was like, "Oh, sorry." So it was just <laughs> <laughs> lewd gestures. Yeah, it was like it was. I like can crazy. only imagine. I don't even want to get uh, into. Actually, it. I don't want to imagine. I lost that. my mind temporarily I, with with glee, uh, for that touchdown. All right, so uh, Debo Samuel, Manuel Sanders, they were losers. They could have been mega duds. Instead, here are the other mega duds from Week 15. Melvin Gordon, two fumbles. Oh Yikes. Terrible he game. He got benched for a while. Yes, He's sir. He's lucky
1: he got back in.
0: And he still was bad. He did have five catches, but bad game for him. Lashawn McCoy was bad. Phillip Lindsay was bad. Didn't catch anything. Seven carries for 32 yards. So those are the running backs. Heath. Megadon running backs, Melvin Gordon, LaShawn McCoy, Philip Lindsay.
2: They suck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, they did today, that's for sure. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of Philip Lindsay. Gosh, what a frustrating player. And gets Detroit next week. You know, Detroit gives up a ton of fantasy points to running backs.
1: You I'll go probably right turn back him. to him. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. So it feels a little stubborn. Because he's been pretty bad in like five of his last six games. It's the
1: Lions. Adam, what was the lesson we learned?
2: What was the lesson we learned? Rashad Perryman, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: uh, But I will tell you this. The Lions have a better run defense than the Chiefs. I don't know that that's true. It is definitely. If you look at yards per carry, it's not even close.
1: That's great, but well, I don't YPC know if, for life. Yeah, right, right here, right now. That Lions defense. I don't know if they're if they got it. They they did a nice job against Tampa, who just they they don't have a good running back right now or a good offensive line to block.
0: All right, so let's go to uh, the wide receiver mega duds. I, Julian Edelman, two catches for nine yards. One of the biggest surprises that I could think of this year. I just the oh. most consistent player, and maybe it was the injuries. I don't know. But bad game for Edelman. Bad game for Landry. Bad game for Robert Woods. Four catches for mm-hmm. 17 yards on nine oh, targets. Man. Horrible game for Amari Cooper. Uh, he only had two targets. They didn't have to throw much. I mean, they kind of shut it down. So, Dave, yeah. I got Edelman, Jarvis, Woods, and Cooper.
1: I'm, And there are people out there that started more than one of those wide receivers, and they're just wondering what happened. And it's, you know, in in the case of Edelman, it's kind of like Cooper, where his team built a pretty big lead. And they were able to run the ball, and they didn't they didn't need him. Happens in football. Unfortunately, it happens in week 16. Landry should have had a bigger game than he did. He had eight targets. He caught five balls, but the, the receiving average was terrible. It was disappointing. It's the first time in, I want to say, like eight weeks that Odell had a better game than Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. And then Robert Woods did have the game script in his favor. Rams were trailing all game long and he just couldn't put together a, another monster game like he had had before. Brandon Cooks was involved in the game plan early on. And, uh, yeah, just one of those things. You're, you're probably, if you made it to the Week 16 game with any of those receivers, I'll bet you you're going to start them in Week 16, every last one of them. Yeah. I guess and I just— Maybe not Landry, but probably.
0: No, I mean, I, oh, against I Baltimore, yeah. I guess I just wanted to point yeah, out, I, I don't know that it was Jalen Ramsey that shut down Amari Cooper. I no, think it was Dak just, Prescott yeah, that down. Yeah, it was just the game, game script, two targets. But it was probably a little bit of Ramsey. I'll give him some credit. Um, and then, Heath, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Hunter Henry was a loser. Maybe that was last week. And uh, we're seeing a bit of a trend here where he, he now has 40 or fewer yards in four of his last five games, and he fumbled in this game. So, uh, so yeah, two, 29 yards in this game on only two targets. And What do you make of Henry's at Oakland next week?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's at Oakland, and he's a tight end, so I'm probably going to start him. Like, There's not somebody I'm picking up off the waiver wire that I'm going to use instead, but it was definitely a disappointing effort, and it was his fourth game in his last five with 40 or fewer yards. Now, he's been fortunate enough to score a touchdown in a couple of those, but it's been disappointing, really, this entire Chargers team.
0: All right. All right, guys. let's uh Let's talk about the games here. Some other news items real quick. Cleveland expected to keep Freddie Kitchens. According to Ian Rappaport, A.J. Green may return next Uh week. Waiver Wire at Miami. Why would he do that? Because guys want to play football. They're football players. They want to play football.
1: Yeah, but he's set to have one more huge payday. And if he goes out there and hurts himself, that payday goes up in smoke. If he goes out there and he doesn't look good, then maybe he costs himself a few million bucks. If I were him, I'd I'd shut it down for the year.
0: Oh, he's such a wimp. Houston was called for a terrible, oh unnecessary roughness penalty that gave the Titans first and goal at the 7 and led to an A.J. Brown touchdown catch. So you're welcome to the A.J. Brown, the uh, people who started A.J. Brown. Denzel Ward for Cleveland, he left with an ankle injury. Not sure if he came back. Xavier Rhodes left with a calf injury, but he returned. While he was out, Mike Williams caught a touchdown on Rhodes' side of the field. Could have been... Him catching a touchdown over Xavier Rhodes. I don't think it would have been any different, the outcome. Seattle linebacker Bobby Wagner left with an ankle injury. That's a big one, obviously. And Cincinnati tried an onside kick against the Patriots, and it was hilarious. Um, (laughs) Try to find the video. It was really, really futility at its best or worst. All right, Heath, let's get to the games. Believe it or not, Giants 36. Oh, gosh. Why? Giants 36, Dolphins 20.
2: Good job, Giants. Yay. Yeah, yeah, um awful. believe it or not, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a league winner in week sixteen against the Bengals. Believe it. I believe it.
1: Heath, uh, do you believe yep. it? Yep.
2: I am not so certain that I believe it, but I think he's a fine option. If you got here with a bad quarterback, he's a bad quarterback you can use.
1: It's another revenge game for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And this, he had the type of game that I thought he would have had last week. He had it against the Giants. Now he's back home, Cincinnati on the road. Their defense isn't very good. And the Dolphins still can't run the football. They just, unless they give it to Gaskin a little bit more, he had a nice stat line. I think Fitzpatrick is going to continue to run a little bit, throw a lot. He's got Devontae Parker. He will help you win your league.
0: I would say Patrick Laird was my biggest failure this week in terms of recommendations. I apologize for that. Um, Gaskin got... Are you going to do push-ups for it? No, just really, he was bad, and Giants' run defense was good again. Uh, Giants are facing the Redskins at home, I think on the road actually next week. Yeah, i have it at home but no they already played them at home so it's a road game and it's, uh it's in washington yeah so uh believe it or not you can't really trust any individual oh. wide receiver
2: <laughs> oh that was not a sigh oh my gosh am i clipping that wow Devin Singletary was tackled at the one and Josh Allen stole the touchdown and I am crushed because I need Singletary to score points and I need Josh Allen to not score points.
0: Hey, I'm sorry, sorry. man.
2: That's okay. Uh, So, anyway, you don't know which Giants wide
0: receiver to trust anymore.
1: And it could be none of the above because Daniel Jones could start next week. Which is good. Why no, would, that would that be, be bad good? For all the wide receivers.
2: What the hell are you guys talking about? Like, Eli, He is a worse passer than Eli Manning. How is this he hard is for you to not. grasp? He is not. Oh, my gosh. He Have you is noticed no, no. clearly a worse passer no, than Eli not. Manning. Have
0: you noticed how lucky Eli Manning has gotten? Let's think about Eli Manning the last two weeks. Darius Slayton breaks that tackle, runs and scores a touchdown. Golden Tate has like a 50-yard touchdown on a deflection. I mean, give me a break. What are, you, what are you looking at here? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't get Of all the things you used to say about Eli Manning, now now you're just doing it to piss me off, I'm pretty sure. Now he's no, your I hero.
2: No, I don't think Eli Manning is good. I just think he's better at passing than Daniel Jones. No, he is definitely not. He throws that, one that pattern. Doesn't, that doesn't mean he's good. He throws a slant That doesn't mean he's time. good at all.
0: Uh, well, anyway, Shepard was the guy this week. Nine catches, 111 yards, nearly scored a touchdown. Slayton did catch a touchdown, but he only had three targets. So, you know, can you trust a Giants wide receiver?
2: I'll probably start Slayton again.
1: I'll probably lean towards Slayton as well. Tate will be third on the list.
2: All right,
0: Green Bay 21, Chicago thirteen.
1: Anthony
2: Miller is the 1B to Alan Robinson's 1A.
1: Believe it.
0: <laughs> I think it's a very silly statement, but sure, I believe it. Sure.
2: Well, there's a, it'd be a big difference if he was a clear number two in the pass offense, but he had more targets over the last month than Robinson coming into this game. He had more targets in this game. It's a situation where there's basically just like two number ones in the Chicago offense now,
1: and they can't run the ball like once and for all. It's been probably part of why the bears have a 500 record is that their run game. Just it's just sparingly been good. And against Kansas City next week, you'd like to think, oh, well, maybe they can get Montgomery going there. It's not going to happen. Mahomes is going to do his thing. The Bears are going to have to throw from behind, and that's going to be good for both of the receivers.
0: Believe it or not, this was actually a discouraging game for Aaron Jones. 13 carries, 51 yards, two touchdowns. No catches. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I think you got lucky. You got lucky if you started Aaron Jones. You gonna trust him next week at Minnesota? Nope.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> gonna start Aaron Jones next week. He might be a number two running back, but you'll you'll start him. You'll hope that he gets you forty or fifty yards and one touchdown. And I bet he catches at least one pass next week.
0: All right, good to see from Devontae Adams, hundred yards and a touchdown on thirteen targets. Yep. Yards I didn't think he'd get low. quite that much.
1: I didn't think he'd get over hundred yards, so that was nice to see. Or bad to see if you went up against him.
0: Very true. Devontae Adams, good. Uh, Deshaun Watson, pretty good. Not great, but he was okay. He had scored 20 fantasy points, had an interception in the end zone. Actually, Ryan Tannehill and uh, uh, Deshaun Watson had interceptions either in the end zone or right near the end zone that obviously swayed their fantasy point totals. But, Heath, what is your believe it or not for the Texans, 24, the Titans, 21?
2: Uh, Believe it or not, A.J. Brown is a must-start wide receiver, not just a boom-bust guy.
1: You have to believe it. You have to buy in. Titans are using him a lot, and if Derrick Henry isn't quite at hundred percent, then it's just it means Tannehill has to throw more, which is what he did today. How much did you guys watch of Derrick Henry on Sunday?
0: Whatever red zone showed. So you know, not that much. He had that one good run. It's actually no. I thought he had some pretty good runs, like near the near the goal line. He got very close to scoring. I thought he looked yeah. fine from what I saw. Okay. What, what did you think? I, I, thought, I, I
1: thought he looked a little bit not like himself, and I wonder if that did have something to do with the hamstring. He was icing up his leg on the sideline when he wasn't in the game. Um, but w- if the worse he does, the better chances A.J. Brown has of putting up numbers.
0: And really, my hesitation with Tannehill and Brown was about the pass attempts, you know? So... Tannehill threw 36 passes. That was huge. He had thrown 19, 18, 22, and 27 in his previous four games. So, yeah, I mean, they're facing the Saints next week. I I can't imagine he's only going to throw 22, 25 passes. Probably going to be over 30. How do you sit A.J. Brown there,
1: right? Well, I mean, you could say he's taking on Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore is going to line up against him, and it's going to be a shutdown situation. But... where A.J. Brown's strength is 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 not necessarily like you know the go route it's making plays after the catch so he could run a bunch of crossing routes behind the linebackers and turn a pass that travels 13 yards into a 30 or 40 yard gain pretty easily that's what he does so uh, that upside is going to be there he won't be nearly as good as he was this week but he'll be startable
0: okay and uh Believe it or not, Will Fuller is a must-start at Tampa Bay next week.
1: Yep.
2: No, I wouldn't call him a must-start. He still has almost no floor at all. Um, I He's a, a boom-bust number three like he always is. I'd rather start A.J. Brown.
1: I'd rather start A.J. Brown, too. But I I think that there's potential there because you know the weakness of the defense. Oh, there's potential. So that's, that's part of the reason why you would start him as a quality flex is because the matchup is favorable. It's going to be one where I think Houston's going to have to throw a decent amount to potentially a lot if Jameis keeps playing like Jameis has been playing. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, Will is going to be in the picture for me. He had seven targets, caught five of them. That was second best on the team behind Hopkins. I'm, I'm pretty convinced that when there's a matchup where – they're going to have a hard time running the football. Will Fuller should be in your lineup.
0: Yeah, by the way, I, I think this is so interesting. It's now seven out of nine games, I think, with Will Fuller, where DeAndre Hopkins has had seven or eight targets. You know, it's something like that. Yeah, he's through. not the same guy. I mean, he obviously had a very good game, six catchers, 119 yards. But when he hasn't had Will Fuller, or when Will Fuller is left with an injury, he's had 11 to 13 targets in all five of those games.
1: So, well, doesn't that make sense to you? Like yeah, but I, I'm
0: surprised at how stark and how obvious and seemingly predictable it is. You, I didn't expect it to be... It, we're talking about four targets per game difference for, mm-hmm. for Hopkins. That is that is not... That is surprising. I mean, that is uh, I think that is a huge deal. Obviously, he's performing, and obviously, you start him, but it's really something to keep in mind, I guess, going into next year when he could be like, you know, the number three wide receiver off the board. New England 34... Cincinnati, thirteen. ETH.
2: You should not start any Patriots in Week 16, including Julian Edelman.
0: Buffalo at uh, home against Buffalo. Dave, what do you think?
1: Um, not going to start Brady. I'm going to start Edelman. So and James White PPR. It's the same thing that we say every week. So I don't believe it.
0: AJ Brown at the against the Saints or Julian Edelman against the Bills.
1: It'll probably be Edelman. But I'll, it'll be close. It'll be very close. I'll probably go Brown.
0: Believe it or not, Joe Mixon is a top 20 pick next
2: year. Uh, probably, once again. Yep. And he'll probably disappoint us again. <laughs> oh, I don't know if been he'll disappoint great us. great lately.
1: Yeah, he's been really, really good. And... Working with Joe Burrow, that's what it's looking like Cincinnati's going to have if they have the number one overall pick. Huge upgrade at quarterback. Offensive line will get addressed. And the coaching staff figured out how to use them. There was a great story about it. Man, I can't remember where I saw it. It might have been The Athletic about how the coaching staff basically scrapped what they had planned all offseason for Mixon, and they started running the ball a little bit differently. I think they might have gone to more power runs than zone runs. And Mixon's taking th- advantage of it.
2: C- can I say something controversial? No, please. I don't think it's fair to expect any rookie quarterback to be a huge upgrade over Andy Dalton. He's about a league average quarterback, and most rookie quarterbacks are below average.
1: Um. Yes, most of them are. But the ones who are pretty good are well above it. Like I like I'm thinking about Kyler Murray, and he's probably like in terms of fantasy, he's probably league average.
2: But he's a lot better than Andy
1: Dalton. Below that. Oh yeah, Joe Burrow.
2: Well, Burrow Burrow is a really
1: special prospect. Like, he's gonna be really, really good, Heath. I'm not sure he's gonna be as a rookie though.
0: Yeah, I mean that's fair. I think think he could
1: be better than what Dalton's been.
0: But but here's the bottom line. I mean, like, Joe Mixon right now is is Killing it. I mean, here are his non-PPR fantasy points in his last seven games. 13, 14, 15, 7, 12, 24, 15. That's 12 or more in non-PPR in six of his last seven games. I think he has to really, you know, we would like to see more in the passing game, obviously. But uh, he can do it. We know he can do it. He's just, he's just been great. And I love the fact that they get killed and they still give him 25 carries. They got killed against Baltimore. They gave him 30 carries. So he's always in the game plan. Um, that's nice to see. Let's go on to Seattle 30 and Carolina 24.
2: Uh, Heath. Believe it or not, Tyler Lockett is back. Believe it. Yep.
1: Yep. Why not? I don't know about nine targets per week back, but you're going to start him. You'll, we might even have him ranked as a consensus top 12 receiver. He's taking on Arizona. Heath, you believe it, right?
2: Yeah, I mostly believe it. I probably won't have him top 12, but it could be close.
1: Okay. All
0: right, we'll go over to the uh, the Panthers. Believe it or not, Curtis Samuel is the most annoying <laughs> start-sit decision every week.
1: He might, yeah, he's, he's up there. I just don't ever
2: start him. And I know sometimes I'm upset by that decision, but like he... He, he doesn't really deserve it other than the touchdowns. Yeah, he
0: scores, but he's got 35 he or fewer yards in five of his last six games. So I, I probably will continue to tell people to sit Curtis Samuel. Um, you know, maybe He has given you
1: 16 PPR points two of the last three weeks. So it's not as easy as just, oh, yeah, don't just ignore him. Ignore those fantasy points that are sitting on your bench. Uh, it really does come down to two, who else you have and who else you're willing to trust. Yeah. Also, 11-plus in non-PPR, two of the last It's touchdowns. Yeah, totally. Do you think Carolina is going to score a lot of touchdowns against the Colts in Week 16?
0: They might score one. It might be his, well, other than McCaffrey. They might score two. Tampa Bay 38, Detroit
2: 17. Let's do it. Believe it or not, Brashad Perryman is going to break your heart if you start him in the championship week.
1: No. Uh, I believe it's possible but I I believe he's right in that range with Will Fuller as a high-end upside flex.
0: I think I'm fairly confident in him. I I mean, I'm more confident in Winston. So I have to be confident in his number one wide receiver.
1: I think that's a good part of the argument. You're confident in Winston. You're confident in Bruce Arians. Yeah. You're confident that they're not going to be able to run the ball. It Mm -hmm. doesn't even matter who they play. They just can't do it. And so if the ball is going to be in the air a lot, Prashad Perryman figures to get a lot of targets. Now he's going to get defended like he's the number one receiver. That's going to be a lot different. And maybe that's something that we should have brought up a little bit earlier on the pod because all this production that he's had, Mike Evans and Godwin were both there. And then Evans was gone and Godwin was there. And now, yes, he scored. He went crazy even after Godwin left against the lions. That's the lions. Texans are a little bit tougher.
0: So, Heath, do you believe it? Do you think Rashad Perryman is going to break your heart, break fantasy owners' hearts?
2: I think he's probably going to break your heart if you start him in the championship week.
0: All right, let's go to the Lions here. Believe it or not, Kenny Galladay is not a must-start. Huge disappointment here for Galladay. Three catches, 44 yards on seven targets. And uh, next week they are at Denver. Actually, I'll say, uh, believe it or not, Kenny Galladay is a sit in Week
1: 16. Believe it. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be tough to trust as a top twenty-four receiver.
0: I don't know how much I really value um, Chris Harris these days.
1: Seems well, like- how do you how do you how do you value David Blau these days?
0: No, I get that. It just I don't know that it has anything to do with Chris Harris necessarily. It's more about Blau.
1: No, a lot of it has to do with Blau.
0: Hey, speaking of Chris Harris, Kansas City twenty-three and Denver three. Heath Cummings.
2: Believe it or not, yes. you can start Patrick Mahomes with confidence at Chicago.
1: You're going to start him whether you have the confidence <laughs> or not because you know what the potential is.
0: Well, so, where is that potential? Because it really hasn't been there since week three. He's had one big game and he threw 50 passes in that game against the Titans since week three.
1: I think if you know I mean, what to expect, I, I think you start Mahomes. He was a top five quarterback this week, right?
0: Uh, I don't know. He scored 24 I points. Could he so. have been a
2: top five quarterback? If,
0: if it gonna, was, it's because the scores right were low.
1: But well, look, you know, you had Lamar, Winston, and Tannehill with huge games. Wentz, yeah, he's he was tied with Wentz. Oh, he had 26 points. He made the top five.
0: All right, but still, yeah, I mean, so he had a two point. He not, had a two had point, point conversion point to with right. Sammy. He's not a that's not a huge game 26 points as a, as a top five that is low In fact, that's a big storyline right now because these quarterback scores are low two quarterbacks over 30 fantasy points going into Sunday night did not even realize that that is very surprising we've, Drew, Drew, we've, got, Drew Brees yeah, but we've got like
2: we've got like 17 of them with at least 20 right uh yes, yeah yeah have got seems a bunch. that way
0: but uh that's that is surprising that's one of the lower numbers all year if it stays at two but it probably won't it'll be three I'm guessing with breeze it's
1: yeah. Um, 14 quarterbacks have at least 20.
0: All right. So yeah, you, you, I'm sorry. So believe it or not, Patrick Mahomes is, is a must start. Is that what you said?
2: Um, next week you started with confidence at Chicago. Yeah.
1: Dave, what did you say? You're going to start him anyway, whether you're confident or not. That's not just to say, thanks. <laughs> I'll
0: say, I, I will say, not. I will say you will start him, not necessarily with confidence. That's what I will say. Uh, because, you know, you probably, you might have another really good option. I don't know. Um, Heath, what do you think? Believe it. I'm very confident that he's going to score at least 22 points. He's not going to have a bad game. I just hope there's that big ceiling. Uh, you know, it makes sense because they also can't run the ball and the Bears' run defense is obviously good. Before the... Broncos, believe it or not. Man, we've talked uh, something about Cortland
1: Sutton. (laughs)
2: Don't
0: believe it. Cortland Sutton's going over 100 yards with a touchdown against the Lions.
1: Believe it. Yeah, believe it. Number two receiver, for sure.
0: Philadelphia, Washington. Philadelphia wins
1: 37-27.
2: Believe it or not, Miles Sanders is going to be drafted before Joe
1: Mixon next year. I can't believe that right now.
0: I can believe that. Yeah, I believe mm.
2: that. Mm. He-, he has actually, in I believe it, in non-PPR, he is, was right behind Mixon currently, I believe, in the overall rankings. He's probably ahead of him in PPR because he's caught 10 more passes than Mixon has so far this season. And he was not even the lead back for most of the year. So, yeah, I believe it.
0: All right, and for the Redskins, oh, Adrian Peterson. Probably should have talked about him. Believe it or not, Adrian Peterson is is a starter. He's a top 24 running back even in PPR um, against the Giants in week 16.
1: Don't believe it. I can't say I believe it in PPR. Not in PPR, I think he can make the cut.
0: He's had five games with Bill Callahan and without Geis. And he's had 66 or more rushing yards in all five, which is not great, but 76 or more in four of five. And he's had 18 to 27 receiving yards in four of those five games. So you were talking about typically about 90 yards, about two catches, and obviously a chance to score. And he, uh, he has done it against uh, some very good run defenses, including today against the Eagles. Uh, it's impressive and surprising.
1: And he doesn't look like your typical old running back. No, not at all. He actually looks halfway decent out there,
0: but Philip Rivers doesn't. Minnesota thirty-nine, Chargers ten. Oh. Heath.
2: <laughs> um, believe it or not, you're actually starting Mike Boone if Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison are out. Believe it. That's an easy believe.
1: No, I don't. I don't I'm, know, man. He's a pretty yeah, don't good little running back, and he's going to have a good opportunity with
0: Peterson I'm, or Boone. Peterson against the Giants or Boone against the Packers?
1: I'll take my chances with Boone. I'll probably start Peterson.
0: Okay, believe it or not. uh, Believe it or not. uh, Austin Eckler. I'm trying to... Oh, no, believe it or not. Mike Mike Williams deserves more fantasy love. He's only 75% owned. Now a touchdown, two straight games. Believe it or not.
1: He's... He's basically become their shot play receiver. They're taking on Oakland. It's a matchup where I, I don't know what the motivation is going to be for either team in this game. The Raiders are coming off of their um, final farewell in Oakland. It was emotional. They lost. Maybe the Chargers rebound, and, and Mike Williams helps out. Touchdown, three Do straight they, games Mike Williams. There it is. Three
2: or two? So they, they probably
1: no, probably next be three. Rivers... Oh
2: they probably start Rivers this week and then get a look at Tyrod in Week 17. Is that right? No. Or you think they start Tyrod this week. I don't they know do if not, they need to get a look at Tyrod.
0: It might be Eastern Stick they get up. Uh, they do not end Philip Rivers' consecutive game started streak. That would be a huge insult to the franchise quarterback. Only like the, the Giants, Giants oh, but would do that. The Giants yeah. offered to allow Eli Manning to keep the streak going. He turned the offer down. I guarantee you Philip Rivers Why, is like, starting in Week 17. I don't think there's much...
2: I don't think there's much chance Philip Rivers is playing next year, so why does it matter if his streak is one game shorter than it would be? he'd like to next end year, with the
0: streak. And he is going to start Week 17. you got to see what Book you got it. in Tyrod Taylor. You do not. You know what, you have, know have what you have in Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. You're the only he, one who thinks Tyrod Taylor They were by good. a
1: bazillion points, and they didn't put Tyrod Taylor in on Sunday.
0: Arizona 38. They should have Tyrod Taylor this week. Cleveland, uh, right, because he's better than Philip Rivers.
2: Right, he would not have been worse than Philip Rivers was in this game.
0: Probably not. Arizona thirty-eight, Cleveland twenty-four.
2: Um, believe it or not, Kenyon Drake is going to be drafted as a starter next year. Hell yeah, I believe that.
1: It's going to be completely contingent on what the running backs look like in Arizona. He'll, I, I, he might be a fifth round pick. Sure.
0: I mean, he could be he could be a third round pick if if they don't really add anyone if they're willing to yeah, actually give him some work.
1: Yeah, right. So they keep Chase Edmonds, they trade David Johnson, they don't draft another running back, they tack on a couple of new offensive linemen. Okay, I, I don't yeah, even. Yeah, I'd, I'd take them before round five.
0: Uh, believe it I or not, it. believe it or not, Heath is totally winging all of the believe it or nots today.
1: I believe that. <laughs> believe it or not, believe it or not, you're done using Baker, Odell, Jarvis Landry. And Ricky Seals-Jones in fantasy. Unless you play in week year.
0: 17. But they have Baltimore next week.
1: Yes. Dave. And then in week 17, I, it's uh
2: uh-huh. Adam, we, we, we discussed three weeks ago that I was winging the Believe It or Nots and have ever since because what? the problem was that I would plan Believe It or Nots and then you would talk about all the pertinent things from every game before we got to Believe It or Nots. So I had to wait until after we talked about all the things you wanted to, to then come up with things for Believe It or Not.
0: I don't know. It just seems like I guess maybe usually you're like a little bit quicker. (laughs) I'm going to give you three seconds to come up with a Believe It or Not for Jacksonville 20, Oakland 16.
2: Starting win. That's it. Believe It or Not. Chris Conley is the number one wide receiver for Jacksonville at Atlanta.
1: You know, I I think you can
2: believe that.
0: I'm so mad.
2: Because of Didi? Yes.
0: Like, ridiculous. No, you know what? I think it's too unpredictable. He didn't. (laughs) I think it's too unpredictable week to week. I just,
1: it's not not Didi, it's doo-doo. Yeah. Uh, I believe it. I believe that Conley's the guy. Heath, do you?
2: Um, Yeah,
0: I do. He is 15% owned. He is at Atlanta and uh could be a good option for you there. And believe it or not, don't you shouldn't even care about what Tyrell Williams did in this game. It doesn't matter.
1: Correct. Believe I it. believe it.
0: Two catches, 45 yards and a touchdown. He slipped a tackle, he got into the end zone. Dallas 44 and the Rams 21. Dallas had the ball for over 36 minutes in this game.
2: Heath Cummings. Believe it or not, you should go right back to Michael Gallup against the Eagles.
0: I believe that.
1: Did the Cowboys learn that they can ride Ezekiel Elliott into the playoffs? I'm answering with a question. All right. <laughs> don't give me the soundbite punk. That's not the way the game is played, Dave. Okay, fine. Uh, I don't believe it. I think he'll be awful again because I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the focal point of the Cowboys offense. I don't really believe it
2: either. I would rather, like, I'd put him in between Will Fuller and Brashad Perryman in the flex that's probably going to disappoint you, Tier.
0: I think that if you look at Gallup's game log, which is why I was a little surprised that he did well against the Bears last week, but that was garbage time. Uh, He typically does well in good matchups, and he does poorly in bad matchups. And the Eagles look like a pretty damn good matchup right now. So um, I, I think he'll... Yeah, I think that's one that's that's, uh, certainly worth looking into a little bit further. Uh, Believe it or not, you go right back to Robert Woods next week. Believe it. Believe it. Okay, that's at San Francisco. Atlanta 29 and San Francisco 22, the final game to talk about today. And the most dramatic,
2: uh, Heath. Believe it or not, if you have Austin Hooper, you should be looking for a Week 16 tight end. Uh,
0: They're playing Jacksonville. He he ha- By the way, he had an almost touch. He had a touchdown overturned. That would have given him like four it, catches it, for about. He uh, almost caught it with
1: his thighs. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I thought it should have been a touchdown, but it wasn't. It doesn't count. He's been terrible since he's come back. Believe it or not.
1: I believe you can consider the likes of Janu Smith and Jacob Hollister and maybe even Noah Fant as options. And if you're not in need of anything off the waiver wire, then you could pick them up and then make a decision later.
2: I, think I don't I'm think Julio Jones him. is
1: getting twenty targets yeah. again.
0: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say not. Unless Jack Doyle is available, then maybe you go with him. Um, but what do you think, Heath?
2: I it may depend on whether Tyler Higby's is available because I think he's actually still available in some leagues. Sure. but for the most part, I would say you need to just start Hooper.
0: Okay, believe it or not. Raheem Mostert is a top 12 top 15 maybe running back against the Rams next week.
1: Don't believe it. Don't believe it. I don't think he'll be that high up there, but he he's he's startable for sure. All right. Would you like the would you like the snap breakdown between those guys as yeah. a parting memento? Sure. For uh for what we're doing. I would love it. Heath, would you like it as well?
0: No. <laughs>
1: oh, well, how rude. It or not. Go ahead, Dave. All right. Raheem Mostert, ladies and gentlemen, 53% of the snaps. Tevin Coleman, 30% of the snaps. It is an uptick for Tevin Coleman over the last couple of weeks. He did have a very good run in the game. So maybe that helped buy him a little bit more time.
0: And for the Chiefs, by the way, Spencer Ware, 40%. Darwin Thompson, 35%. Lashawn McCoy, 25%. Wow. Don't well, not start then. any
1: Chiefs running backs.
0: Yeah, well, eh, maybe Damien Williams. Maybe if he's on waivers, you take a look, because they need a running back for sure.
1: Maybe. man. Yeah.
0: That's it for today's show, everybody. Hope week 16 was awesome. Week 15, sorry. Hope week 15 was awesome for you. Week 16 is gonna be even better. For Dave, for Heath, I'm Adam. Nah, we'll talk to you on Monday. Nah, 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 nah bills up nah. four.